Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Your Grounded Destiny. I'm Lonnie and I go by any pronouns. Um, Today I'm going to be talking about spirituality and how I incorporate it into my practice. Before we get started, I just wanted to say I do divination readings again. I remember I sold them before on Etsy and now I sell them separately because it's just more useful and practical for me. Um, Tarot, Oracle, and Pendulum. You guys can see my prices for that. It'll be in the preview of this podcast episode. My TikTok and Instagram are also your ground of destiny with no spaces, all lowercase. And this is your reminder to drink water and eat something today. Okay, so now that that is out of the way, um, this isn't an intro to spirituality or like a spirituality one-on-one episode, but if you guys would like that, I am definitely more than willing to do that. This is kind of just like talking about some of my favorite aspects of spirituality, Um, and since I've been doing a lot of research on Baneful Magic recently with my friend, I wanted to bring that up as our first topic. So Baneful Magic um, used to be known as Black Magic, but that has racist undertones in it. So obviously I'm not going to be using it, but a lot of research that you may be looking for is probably going to be under the terminology Black Magic. So as long as you understand why Black Magic isn't a good thing, I personally think it'll be okay when researching black magic. However, always cross-reference. Don't just take one source as word because it's definitely not true. And when it comes to spirituality and more of like a non-traditional religion, um, a lot of things are more opinion-based versus fact-based. And I wanted to give you guys two quotes because I just like them a lot. And they're in a Google Doc that I share with my friend because we're doing this 30-day challenge where I research baneful magic and they're researching divination, like different types of divination and um, like how they how they how they are useful and the history of them. And then we're just gonna like share them at the end of the 30 days. So the two quotes that I have are one quote: "It is a way to fight back and hold individuals and institutions accountable for bad behavior, especially when there is little to no real-world action which can be taken to stop or punish the harmful actions of other people or institutions." Quote. Um, that's just talking about baneful magic and why they think it's ethical and just like what it means to them. And this is the other quote. Quote, magic of any form is neither good nor evil. It is a tool by which we can protect, manifest, or create change, quote. And I like that a lot because a lot of people just automatically assume magic is one or the other when it most definitely isn't. Um, Magic, witchcraft, spirituality, whatever you identify and call it as, is just one thing. It's like physics where energy can neither be created nor destroyed. It can just be transferred and changed. Like that's pretty much what I would call magic. Like it's an energy source. It's a resource for you. It's there. You use it, but you can't create it. You can't make it. You can't get rid of it. It's always there. It's just about turning it into something else, using it for a different reason. And I think that is a really good thing to know especially when trying to research and get into it is that energy is about manipulating it to your best interest or to what you want which is why there are lots of different types of specialties or crafts or different ways that people use things like spell jars or warding um using divination like tarot and oracle and that's why so many people have so many different beliefs which um, I wanted to to take a second to acknowledge UPG and VPG. Um, There's also a TikTok 
by someone that I will probably add in the Spotify description because they explain this really well as well. But UPG is unverified personal gnosis. It means your experiences with your personal craft and everything in this category is fact for you, but it's opinion based for others because we don't know how true it is because your interpretations of this event and your experience can be very different than my interpretation. And VPG is verified personal gnosis, which just means history, the facts, the mythology, and even then there's still some tricky stuff because there are many versions of mythology which has to do with the human error of life. Um, but VPG has a much more concrete version than UPG because UPG is different and separate for every single person and VPG is a more general based or generalization. Okay, so back on Baneful Magic, it's something that a lot of people have pretty controversial opinions about or have mixed mixed feelings about. Um, for me, Baneful Magic kind of just depends on what it's being used for um, and just like your idea of it versus my idea of it because um, one of my friend's idea of Baneful Magic is that it's just um, used in like a bad way and it can only be used in a bad way and that when people are using things um, to like say hex an abuser, they don't consider that to be quote bad they quote they consider that to just be getting justice and my idea of baneful magic is to get justice um is for protection it's kind of just like doing things the right hand pathway in a more um not boxed in way something that i think a lot of you guys should be researching is the origins of baneful magic where it comes from like a lot of people just think oh this just is voodoo and hoodoo and yes it's part of it but then you have to look at where does voodoo originate from where does hoodoo originate from and obviously hoodoo is more um a mix of slave era um united states slave era um based magic and it's a combination of voodoo from africa and using what you had in the United States during slave era. But that's not the only form of baneful magic because voodoo and hoodoo are close fact practices as well as I'm concerned. Someone might have a different opinion, but that's just cultural appropriation. So well, we can talk about that later because that's a whole nother thing that definitely grinds my gears. <laughs> but as I was saying, baneful magic and just the left hand path in general is kind of like a direct opposite of the right hand path like they kind of mirror each other so in the right hand path the color black can mean like protection and on the left hand path the color black can mean like negativity or holding the negativity and then giving it back so ultimately they mean the same things but they have different uses for them something that's been trending on tiktok a lot is warding thank you to my friend sid or raging witch on tiktok and instagram um but i made an instagram post recently about this and i wanted to talk about it a little bit more there are 
two and a half types of warding. There is spatial warding, which is like surrounding the space or the with the intent of protection, like casting a circle, using your candles or incense around the room, enchanted room decor, hearths. Um, and there's personal warding, which is to protect the practitioner or another person. And doing that would be like enchanted jewelry, a curse box, an herb satchel. And then a lot of the time people use warding in both together and not everyone fully realizes this. Some people don't completely understand this, but sometimes a spatial warding can turn into a personal warding. Um, an example of both would be like sigils, artwork, crystals, herbs, waters, and dirts. Um, my favorite is artwork. I did like an art type of spell kind of it was I think two years ago it was a self-love spell where I pretty much just drew the items and I put like herbs into the paint when I painted them and then I kind of sat with it I meditated with it and now I kind of hang it around my room so like obviously I it's like a self-love for myself but in the same time too that room has that feeling and it gives me the vibes of self-love so when I said waters and dirts i'm going to talk about one dirt and one water today which is graveyard dirt and war water with graveyard dirt please listen closely when i say this you go to the cemetery with an important meaning to you or where you highly respect it and where the guardians of the cemetery respect you i'm going to repeat this you need to be respectful of this space there are people that are there not just physical, but there are people that are there, there are other beings that are there, and they've been there a lot longer than you. This is not your home, these are other people's homes. These are other beings' homes. You need to respect it like you would respect someone else's home. You don't just come in someone someone's house with shoes on. Well, some of you guys do, and that's an issue, but I don't come into my mother's house with my shoes on. I barely come into my dorm with my shoes on. And when I do, I get upset at myself because I can imagine myself, yell, my mom yelling at me. Do not disrespect anyone's graves. Don't spit on anyone's graves. Don't walk over someone's graves. You get the gist of it. Because that's what is just disrespectful, especially to the people visiting their dead family members. But then also, it's just disrespectful in other aspects. I don't know why you would want to do that. Like, you go there for one reason, and other people live there for a different reason. The use of graveyard dirts. Um, if it's from like the grave of someone that you personally loved, you can use it in love magic. From the grave of a, quote, bad person, it can be used in baneful workings. And that dirt can most definitely carry the traits of the person it's buried with. Um, I'd be careful with that second one because... Especially if you don't know this person, there's always underlying things that you don't want to mess with. So I'm going to give you some historical context for graveyard dirt. Um, there was a possibility of it being used by the Egyptians in cursing or in necromancy, but that's just like a possibility. Um, it was used as a form of social control during the transatlantic slave trade. Um or slave era from white people and it was also used as a form of protection magic um a type of prevention from sexual abuse or sexual assault 
by the way, my resources will definitely be in the preview of this episode. Don't worry. But always cross-reference because I know I do. When I have, I have this um, like Google Doc where all this information is at. And there's always at least two sources for every single thing that I write about. And if there's only one, then I'll either like try to delete it um, as like a reminder that I have to go add another source or I'll just take it out and put a reminder to look up look it up later. Okay, so onto War Water. It is an offensive type of protection magic. Um, some things that you can put in there, but you don't have to. These things can be pretty much made with your intent and whatever you want it to be made of. Um, iron nails, uh, warm wood, cayenne pepper, Kanye pepper. I'm really not sure how you pronounce that. Um, swamp or pond water, other ingredients that I can't say because my family listens to this. Um, and then there's two ways you can use this. The way that I've used it is that I pour it around like my space, like my house, and I use it as a warding, like just like another layer of warding. Um, some people will break it over a, spe a specific person's land or just pour out the water over a person's land. I think you guys can catch on to why that is, but if you don't, I'll explain it. Um, pretty much that's just like, I wouldn't say cursing. I'm not really sure which category that would go into, but in my opinion, I would kind of say that's a ward um, to keep that person away from me personally. Okay, so on to one of my favorite things to talk about and to do is divination. Um, I love divination, especially tarot and oracle cards, but some other types are runes, um, bone throwing, which there's a name for it, but I'm not 100% on my pronunciation, so I'm not going to try. Um, pendulums. There are candle readings like scrying, um, palmistry, numerology, dream interpretation, um, and some other ones that I can't think of off the top of my head. Tarot is the first thing that I got into. The first deck I got was off of Amazon. If you can, please do not buy off of Amazon because it's just not helpful for the economy. Um, but my first deck was the Wild Unknown Tarot by Kim Kranz. She has a couple other decks. She has a pocket tarot deck, which I want to get soon. Um, and she also has a animal deck, I believe. Don't quote me on that one. Um, but that was the first deck that I got. The guidebook is really nice. It does not have... Um, reverse tarot card meanings so you're gonna have to research that on your own speaking of researching um let's talk about well a little bit i'm just gonna tell you to research it obviously the origins of tarot because a lot of people do not know this which is shocking and not surprising at the same time so Tarot is made up of 78 cards, the Major Arcana and the Minor Arcana. The Major Arcana has 22 cards, and the Minor Arcana is split into two to four suites. Um, there are the Cups, the Pentacles, the Swords, and the Wands, and they are, there's 14 cards in each suite, suite, suit, 
Oh, my friend just told me how to pronounce these yesterday and I still can't remember. Um, but they are labeled H through 10. And then the original deck that I got, which is the Wild Unknown deck, um, had daughter, son, mother, father. But in the original, it's page, knight, queen, and king. The original people to use tarot are the Roma and the Romani people. I'm not going to repeat that. You can go back and then you can go research it. I'm not going to tell you guys again. Actually, I probably will tell you guys again. But this is something that grinds my gears because I just don't understand how people don't do their research, talk about things, and then pretend that they did do their research. I'm a hypocrite. I have done that before. I'm also a lot younger than y'all, so I will take that card. Thank you. But I'm going to say this again. You guys really need to do your research when it comes to stuff like this, especially if you're going to make posts about it with either incorrect information or information that just does not add up with what everybody else is saying. Obviously, you do not have to educate people. I don't like to do it. I do it every day. I'm black. It comes with the territory, unfortunately. Um, and if you don't educate people, you usually you're seen as a bitch. But who cares, right? However, don't go spreading false information. That goes back to UPG and VPG. Not everything is false information. Things are just based off of your UPG, and that's why people are confused. So when you're going to say things that are based off of your UPG, you might want to say it so you don't get attacked for it. Um, Side note, I have heard some things about the Rider Waite deck, so do your research on that before you pay for it, because I have heard some things. I'm not going to say what those things are, just that they're not great things. So do your research before buying it so that you know what you're getting into. Okay, so I just paused it and I'm back now. I literally just went to go get the book of the Wild Unknown Tarot, um, the guidebook of it, because this guidebook is literally top tier. I love it. Um, I've been using it a lot more recently, and I'm kind of thinking that it might not be the best for beginners, but ultimately that's up to you and how you learn what your beliefs and opinions are. Something that I love that Cam Crans did is that instead of using the royal cards she did family cards to make it more personal to you which are instead of the page there's the daughter instead of the knight it's the son instead of the queen it's the mother and the king the father um and then she explained the wands the cups the swords and the pentacles as a family what they look like and kind of what their values are so i'm just going to read that to you because it is literally top tier. I don't know how else to explain this to you. It is just my favorite. So the wands are a vibrant and well-loved family. They make dangerous enemies, usually lighter skin and hair. The cups family are artistic, open-minded, quiet, and a family of dreamers. They also have lighter skin and hair. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God, guys. I just realized this is a little um um i'm shocked i'm shocked i didn't read this through um 
this is not part of the podcast, but I just realized this is probably rooted in systemic racism and stereotypes. I'm going to keep reading it, and then I'm going to tell you why. The Swords family are a well-educated and highly receptive. They're not necessarily a warm family, usually dark skin and hair. The Pentacles family are very grounded and deeply connected to nature and home, may have darker hair and eyes. So if you're on my close friends list on Instagram, you definitely saw my um, story where I was shocked to the core. I've had this deck since... 2020 i've had this deck for two years no i've had this deck since 2019 oh shoot i had this tech for three years and i just have figured this out the systemic racism really runs deep i i can't i don't i don't know how i miss so much stuff like I'm just going to go on a little tangent here before we get back to the main reason of the episode. Um, when I was on Book Talk, a lot of the time people would bring up a lot of like problematic things in books. And I'd be like, oh yeah, I read the same book. I never realized that. And for me, I've always tried to use books as an escapism method from trauma, especially race, race, ra- racial trauma. And, um, I guess because it was supposed to be an escape from racial trauma, I tried to block out the extra racial trauma that I could see in the book. And it hit me back tenfold when I went on Book Talk in like 2019 and this all came out and I was like, well, I don't like any of these books anymore. And... Obviously, when it came to spirituality, I was more careful with things, except for this one mistake that I did. Um, That's a pretty big mistake. We won't talk about that. Um, But uh, this is the first time that I really realized something like this in a tarot deck. I've heard of other tarot decks having like a lot of stereotypes, so I haven't bought them. I haven't even looked into them because I don't have the energy for all of that. But this is the first book that I bought that I just realized this and i'm gonna do more research on it because i'm not even fully sure why this is the way it is but this is just your reminder to to do your research okay then um i'm back now i'm just gonna give you guys a couple of the decks that i have that you guys can also check out the white newman sacred animal tarot by alba rg is top tier i use it on a regular daily five times a day because I love the artwork I love the guidebook it's just so beautiful and I just feel really connected to it uh so the other book that or the other tech that I love is the tarot of light and shadow deck by John Matthews and Andrea Aced I've had it for a year but I've always started really working with it now it's a double deck which is kind of hard to deal with, so I wouldn't recommend it for someone that hasn't worked with tarot first. Um, But I definitely recommend it for someone that's trying to um, deepen their tarot skills. It's supposed to represent, one deck is supposed to represent like um, 
They both represent truth, but one represents like what's known, what's out to the world, and the other deck represents what is unknown and what is personal deep inside of you. And for me, it's a very like, hmm, it's a very like mother father figure deck. I don't know how to explain that, but it's just definitely more like a sweet but very opinionated parental figure. The deck that I just recently got is a Journey Tarot, a deck for personal growth by Cassie Uhl. I believe they just came out with it last year. Um, I haven't worked with it, um, like really sat down and work, worked with it yet, but so far I really like it and I recommend it for you guys. Lastly is Oracle. Oracle decks are just so vast in their like differences knowledge everyone can make them some have five cards some have a hundred cards some um make them specific specifically for um a deity and dedicate it to them some make it for multiple deities or a specific pantheon or a mythology some people make it as self-care i just got one recently um called the deck of crystals by nadia bailey um i've worked with it a little bit i really like it my friend really likes it um i also have the ask your guides oracle and i really like that one it's kind of just helpful because it kicks me in the butt a lot um but i really like the meanings behind it the guidebook is really nice uh and oracle decks are just so much fun to use because they're not just set in stone um a lot of the time, um, the other day my friend and I, we just got Oracle decks and we kind of just like went straight into it. And I guess that's kind of different for how I did it with tarot. Um, like I just started using them. I kind of messed around with it, looked up definitions and then tried to stop looking up definitions. But with Oracle, it was kind of like, you just get used to it. Like I just shuffled, I pulled a card. I tried to like identify the card meaning on my own and then looked it up. And that's kind of how I learned the Oracle deck pretty quickly. This deck of crystals is so nice. I'm pulling it out right now. Um, it just has like crystal names on it, like Peridot. And then it says on the front page, the front card, stability and protection. And on the back, it says its appearance, what it looks like, its associations, its history, and the uses for it. And it's really helpful and really nice. Um, I know one of my friends uses it um, and they sell readings on it, but this is just such a nice deck and I'm definitely going to be using it a lot, probably just to say like, oh, what crystal would be helpful to carry around with me today and I can shuffle and pick. And I think it's just a beautiful deck. Like this is, this is a top tier deck right here, guys. I think a lot of you guys would really like it. And it's something that you can get into and if you know the meanings of crystals, you don't even have to look at the back. Although I definitely recommend you do because it's still amazing and you can still learn a lot of stuff from it. Don't mind me. I'm just going to shuffle real quick and pull one for you guys because I'm in the mood to after what just happened recently and my realization. Um, ooh, my favorite. Um, I got Malachite and I'm just going to read the back for you guys calming and abundance um its appearance 
is a vivid and intense green stone with zones of light and dark tints. Its shades range from apple and emerald green to verdigris. Okay, not trying to pronounce that. Um, its associations, malachite is associated with the astrological sign of Libra and those born in spring. History and lore, the same malachite comes from the Greek word malachi, signifying the mallow plant because the bright green of the stone recalls the color of mallow leaves. In Bavaria, malachite was thought to bring good health to women, especially during pregnancy. Its uses, malachite is a calming stone that wards off insomnia and welcomes restful sleep. No wonder why I like it. It is a talisman of abundance thought to multiply happiness, health, wealth, and love. Well, that was a nice card. Um, so thank you guys for listening to this episode. That is all I have for you guys today. Um, remember to look at the preview of this because I'll have my links and sources and some stuff I said in there. And um, until next time, bye guys. Bye.